Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. They're sales ponies, Jenny. What are you not understanding? Well, do you hear the words coming out of your mouth? Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister, Jenny, born in 1974. Good morning, Jen. Good morning. Jenny, I have big news. I have a big announcement today. No, I have big news, too. <laughs> I have, I have I wonder news. if it's the same thing. I don't know. Oh, it probably is. What? Does it involve somebody else? Yes. Does it involve mom? Yes. <laughs> She's listening. She's listening to the podcast again. She told me last night. I, I was like, I wonder if Amy knows this. Of oh. course Amy knows this. Guys, our mother's listening again. Okay. And she stopped completely and she's on the sound machine. The one where Lauren and Nellie are fighting over the, that kid. Yes. The sciencey kid. Yes. So she has, she's got a long way to go. And oh my gosh, she's going to be so mad at us. Wait, I have to tell you something funny. So when I was setting her phone up for podcasting, or for listening to podcasts, because she started walking, guys. Like, she's retired now, so she started going on daily walks. I deliberately unsubscribed from her show. Nice. Nice. Because for all that time, we're like, she's never going to listen. Then we were talking about her. And now yeah. she's listening again. We love you. We love you, Mom. <laughs> She's going to murder Amy. She's like, I was, she goes, I didn't know what episode she was on. She goes, I was screaming at the thing. And I'm like, oh my God, what did she hear? And then she's like, I don't know, we were trying to think of, of a word. And she, she knew it because it was like Munchausen syndrome or Stockholm syndrome yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, sounds very like And I'm us. like, oh, you haven't gotten to the one where we're like making fun of your parenting and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I also want to give a shout out. We've gotten some really nice reviews lately. Um, thank you for leaving five-star reviews. If you were going to leave a four-star review or a three-star review, fuck off and move on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any three-star reviews. Or... But if you want to leave us a five-star review, that <laughs> helps people find the show. So thank you very much. We really appreciate those of you who've left very nice reviews. Jenny, how was your trip to California? It was good. It was good. Were you um, out spreading the COVID or what? No, it was a very small, limited situation mm. um, for work. But it was um, 
It was nice to meet people that I haven't worked with for almost two years and haven't met in person. So that was yeah. that was kind of nice. But no, it was like a really small group and like no one's really going out out there. Like no super spreader events. Last, no super spreader events. Nope. Mm-hmm. Jenny's gonna host some super spreader. Events. And then I was in D.C. Yes, with some friends. But that was a small that was small stuff too. Yeah. And the train was great. Like Amtrak's great. There was nobody near me. That's good. Nice. That's good. All right. Unlike the bus that I'm gonna have to ride to Pennsylvania. Any other news? Anything that you're watching? Um, I'm watching the Wheel of Time. Yes, we are too. Which is really good. Yeah. The Expanse is back too. By the way, I'm watching the Expanse. I love the Expanse. I'm not watching the new season yet. It's it's so good, and I start watching it, but I feel like I have to rewatch. Try to watch rewatch season five. Yeah, we might have to do all this. Uh, and Discovery, I, Star Trek Discovery's back too. I always said there there's a market for some kind of podcast that just has like a refresher for people. Yeah. Like you can yep. have a two hour episode on what happened on season five of That'd be great. Yeah. If I only we that. had a podcast. <laughs> if only we had the ability to do that. We liked watching those shows. <laughs> All right, Jenny, so we got through our announcements. Okay, so why don't we head right into this? This is Season 6, Episode 15. Is it called What Happened to the Class of 56? The description reads, During a visit to a farmer's convention in Milwaukee, Carolyn and Charles meet up with old schoolmates. Charles learns that a large farmers are trying to put together, are trying to put his small farming friends out of business. Small farming friends? That's what Ooh. it says. Mm. Out of business and urges them to stand up for their profession. Meanwhile, Carolyn becomes envious about a financial fortune of one of her one-time friends. But soon she learns that there's more to their success stories than meets the eye. Okay. All right, Jen. So we open on Charles once again taking on the Grange. (laughs) (laughs) I just have Amy's probably going to love this union boss shit. Um. I do, but when they get into the minutia of it, I find it very boring. Yeah, me too. Like, at one point, we are arguing retail markups. Like, this mm-hmm. is what I'm watching now? Well, okay. Th- this is the meeting in the in the church, though, where they're deciding who's going to go to Milwaukee and represent the Grange <laughs> from Walnut Grove. Like, this was, this is ridiculous. Now, wait a minute. First, let's talk about the proposal. So they're vo- Charles wants to open a co-op, guys, and I'm here for this. <laughs> so they're voting on proposal to deal directly with the manufacturers and to cut out the middleman who is the real retailer. Charles says it will be a nationwide co-op. Garvey's skeptical. And he's like, are you sure this is going to work? Like the retailers have their own organization and they're going to be pissed. And the manufacturers won't want to deal with us. Because they'll make the retailers mad. Like, why are we giving this time? But my favorite part was when Jonathan's like, you got some for instances? Oh, my God. Here, I'm using them from now on. Like, he asked for data, basically. Like, how do you know this is going to work? What's the data? And he's like, do you have some? Do you got some for instances? Jonathan asked for some for instances. And Charles came armed with receipts. Literally. (laughs) He's got the receipts. (laughs) Guys. If you think this episode could not start off with more of a snooze, Charles then begins to read pricing of materials. Yeah, and I don't even know what he said. Well, we have a new writer. No, this is an old writer. This is John Dugan. And Michael Landon directed. He wrote again. I think he wrote a lot of boring ones. But so he's got some for instances. (laughs) 
And then they try to decide who's going to go to Milwaukee and represent them. And this is like, I feel like this is like, I need another example besides the Trumps. What are what is another family of grifters? <laughs> I'm leaving that in. I'm leaving that in. Um, who's a family of grifters? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like the blue. Why do you feel like Charles is a grifter? No, it's like this. This next thing is like the Bluths. Like you know the Bluths. Yes. Yes. From, uh, from from Arrested Development. Arrested Development, where he's like, "Oh, who's going to lead my organization? Oh, who's it going to be?" And it's like Lucille Blue. <laughs> like, of course it is. <laughs> like there was no question of what was yeah. going to be her or son. Like, of course it's Charles. Like, what is this oh, baloney? Oh, I where, got it. I got where it. Jonathan's like. It's like the LaLaRue people, LaLaRue people. Yeah, exactly. Who put right. all their family members in the oh, positions who, and they didn't know what they were doing. Who's, who's going to be the VP of marketing? Hmm. Let me look at all these resumes. Like, Lula of course Rowe? it's not going to be any of those. It's not, of course it's not going to be any of those people. It's just right. going to be Cousin right. Jim. Right. Like, that's what I don't it's know why be. I can't say LaLaRue. I don't know. What's but Jonathan, Jonathan stands up and recommends Charles. <laughs> it's like, so it's baloney. It's, I call baloney on this. Okay. Charles heads home to tell Carolyn about his trip to Milwaukee, and he announces Carolyn is coming along. And I wrote, this went from a Grange trip to a Bang trip real quick. Well, this went from a, <laughs> from a necessary Grange trip to like a vacation for the Ingles that the Grange is mm-hmm. footing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I like how Carolyn's like, of course you got elected to go. Oh, God, I'm going to throw up. So, Charles is like, half pint and Albert the Fixer can run shit while we're gone. <laughs> they're just Doesn't like matter. adults now. They just, mm-hmm. They're just they raising a family. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> then Charles gives her, oh, by the way, here's a letter from Dylan Hyde. Carolyn's, okay. Now, I did a lot of research on this Dylan Hyde to find out if he was real or based on somebody. I could not find anything. So, I don't okay. think it's based on anybody. It's just somebody in mm-hmm. Milwaukee society. But Jen, coincidentally, he's the grandmaster of the National Grange. Of course. Mm-hmm. And he was the richest boy in Concord, or rather his father was, Carolyn says. And then she says he was very handsome, too. But then she has to quickly reassure baby Charles in the corner that he was handsomer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Of course. And I wrote, okay, calm down. <laughs> so... The letter is an invitation to the 25th reunion of the class of 1856 in Milwaukee on the last night of the Grange Convention. That's all very convenient. All very convenient. Well, yeah. now that I realize that guy's the Grange dude, maybe that's mm-hmm. why that all happened. Mm-hmm. So now we see Carolyn at the Olsons, and Harriet is all about, like, she's being super nice to Carolyn. How many Carolyn. times are they going to get duped by Harriet? Don't trust her when she's acting nice. She's <laughs> not a nice person. Carolyn, you have amazing handwriting. How nice it is. And I wrote, where is this going? I know. And then, then she's like, then she's like, oh, Mrs. Foster was just in here. And she said, Dylan Hyde also has a way with a pen. And apparently he wrote to someone in town. And I, I said, and there it is. <laughs> and there it is. Yeah. Like, Carolyn's wow. like, oh, he wrote to me. Then here he comes out, Jen, and says, what did he want? I know. Like, well, I like how, first of all, Foster told her who she, who he wrote to. That's bullshit. Totally told her. <laughs> and I like how Foster just, like, acts all innocent and heads out of there. Cause, like, cause you just Carolyn went in and dumped a last, bunch of scoop. Well, and Carolyn would be the last person Harriet would assume it was. So she had mm-hmm. to know. Mm-hmm. So Carolyn tells her about the reunion, and Harriet's like, well, you need a dress. 
Come on, store bought. You're going to be represent. I still can't figure out what's in this for Harriet. She's like, I don't, gonna, I don't know. I don't know. You're going to be re- representing Walnut Grove. Come on over to the store bought dresses. I'm going to give you one because Carolyn's like, I can't afford this. I can't afford this. Don't worry about it. Fifty percent off, and your credit's good here. Don't Everything's trust fine. Don't trust that. Then Harriet's like, look, you got to look good because I know someday. When my 25th reunion comes around. And Carolyn <laughs> dies. She dies. She throws so much shade. They start laughing like real weird. Carolyn's laughing hysterical and Harriet's kind of doing the, ha ha ha, what's so funny? <laughs> then Carolyn's like, well, when you said 25th reunion, I'm only trying to think of how old you had to have been when you graduated. <laughs> Throw a shade master Carolyn. Yes. And then all of a sudden, Grace smashes a glass, and Harriet's like, you know what? No dress. Forget it. Get the fuck <laughs> out, of get out of here. I want to get and out of here. What's so great about Carolyn is she has nothing to lose. She right. doesn't need that fucking dress. It. She doesn't care. Yeah. You can't hurt her. Now we're at the train station, and Garvey is assuring the Ingalls that they'll help watch after the youngins. Jen, God help me when I say this. I don't hate Garvey. Uh... I mean, I hate him for his role of trying to be a ride or die. He's annoying. But I don't, I don't hate him. Hate him. Don't All right, know. whatever. All right, the train sta- The train leaves the station. The bang trip is officially underway. I feel like Charles is a little underdressed for this travel. What is he going to wear? A suit coat. He okay. has one. On the train, Carolyn cannot believe it's been 25 years. She's like, where did the time go? And Charles says, she looks more beautiful than ever. And she says he looks more handsome now than he did. And oh, Jen, God. I wrote, I believe it. This is peak Michael Landon here. Let's talk about I this I thought for you a didn't like him as, he, as it goes into the 80s. I'm going to talk about this for a minute. I feel like these last two seasons, 79 and 80, he is in his prime. Like he is the prime Holdy age. Holdy being a hot older man. I know what Holdy means. Yes. The prime Holdy age is 40 to 50. He's 44 right now. He is right there. Okay. Okay. So Charles says they can't, what they have here is a mutual admiration society. Okay. Oh, God. In Milwaukee, and we see some um, outdoor views of Milwaukee, and I knew it looked familiar. No, it's probably It's the eye. same set they used in Chicago for John or Jr. Or Winoka? No, no, no. Or Chicago. Chicago okay. for John Jr. Okay. Remember when he ditches Mary on the terrace? <laughs> yeah, that was great. So in, in Milwaukee, the Ingles are checking into a fancy hotel, and there's even an elevator. And they're like, wow, an elevator. Like, they're all excited about it. So they're checking in with some obnoxious dude. Jenny, what would you think of Arnie's energy? I just have some crazy drunk malls, Carolyn. Yeah, how'd you feel about and that? Why, and why is this guy yelling at them? Because he just screams. <laughs> I would could, hate him so much. Could, could you hang out with somebody like that? No. Hell no. no. Nope. Mm-mm. He yells, Carolyn Quiner. Now, I thought it was Quiner. It's Quiner. All I could think of was Quinine, which is the thing they make tonic water out of, right? Uh, I have no clue. She runs and she hugs him and she's like, you changed. He says, you haven't changed a bit. I wrote, is he drunk? He's What's definitely going drunk. on? What's They're going all on? drunk. Everyone's drunk. Yeah. Okay. The Ingles are getting checked into their room, which is on the seventh floor. And they are invited to ride in the elevator. Charles will not go in the elevator. 
I feel like this would be your move. This would be my move. But like, I don't what? know because what overrides my fear would be my laziness of walking up seven <laughs> flights of stairs. But like in 18 whatever. Well, right. We'll if see, I, it would be 18 like 90. If I was in the shape of Carolyn and Charles, yes. I'd be like, let me just walk up seven flights of stairs. It's fine. Like I, if there was a teleporter there, I would use it. Really? Yeah. No, I would not get in that shit. Mm -mm. So he insists on walking up the seven floors, whatever. There's still elevators kind of like that in New York. You can still find them, like those cage elevators. Yeah. There used to be one in the Scranton Times building. Remember when we used to go to the dentist? Well, that wasn't a full cage elevator, though. That was the one that had the cage door. Yes. Like, these are full cage elevators. You can still find them in some of the lofts and stuff. And it had the attendant in it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're also talking about how Arnie was voted most likely to succeed. And it seems like he has because he keeps talking about he's here to sell 500 acres of his land. Right. Okay. So in the room, there's a card and it's addressed to only Carolyn. And it's a bottle of champagne from Dylan Hyde. Jen, Charles gives away the champagne to the bellhop. He gives away real fucking champagne from France. Yep. Probably the Because only champagne is from France. Probably the nicest champagne they will ever have in their lives let me rephrase that i said that wrong champagne is from france (laughs) it's not champagne if it's not from france right that's what i'm trying to say it's champagne it's probably expensive oh my god you know we've talked about the freedom you should feel when you're away and on a bank trip we talked about that Drink that fucking champagne, Charles. And I feel like Carolyn has settled immediately into this, like, rich world. She's loving it. She's right there for it. She really, she Even really is at where did there. this wardrobe come from? I know. I right? Know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now they receive an invitation to a soiree, which Charles pronounces soiree. <laughs> <laughs> it's from Mr. and Mrs. Thaddeus Sawyer. And apparently Mrs. Thaddeus Sawyer is Amy Fisher, who married Thaddeus. Phillips? It's Fisher. I I have Amy Fisher. Is that the Long Island murderer? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Eh, Whatever. All right. So Amy Fisher is not in this episode. It's Amy Phillips. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently Amy Phillips had a crush on Charles, but he didn't give a fuck. He's like, now, here's what he said. He goes, she was a little string bean. She was a nerd. And I go, I literally wrote, oh, no, why do I feel like we're heading into some fat shaming? Because I thought for sure when he was talking about how skinny she was, we were going to see her and she was going to oh, be fat. Oh, and she was going to be fat. Yeah, because that's totally something they would do. Totally. Totally. Okay, so at the soiree, we see Arnie and he's drinking the champagne. And then we have some real weird super German couple. Drinking out of beer steins. The guy owns Pult's beer. I have an index card. Okay. Do, do you see what I did there? I paused because I knew you did. Is Pult's beer, I thought they pronounced it Platts, but whatever. Is that beer real? I think it is. So there's this Jacob Platts dude. And that last name means someone who has lived in the main market or square of a town or village. In German. Okay. It translates to place. 
Um, okay. So I looked up. So there's not a one to one correlation here. So he might be based on someone, but there's not a Plath's beer. Okay. Yeah. So I looked up like the 15 oldest beers in the U.S. and here's some of them that came from that area. So his name's Jacob Plath's. Mm-hmm. Schmidt beer. 1884. That was St. Paul, Minnesota. It's not too far from there. Mm-hmm. Jacob Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Budweiser was 1876 in St. Louis, Missouri. But Anheuser-Busch is Belgium, not German, so I don't think he's based on him. Mm-hmm. Leinkugels, original, 1867. Leinkugels? Leinenkugels. Kugels. 1867, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Jacob Leinenkugel. Apparently, if you name your kid Jacob, he's inventing a beer. <laughs> so, if you want beer in your family, mm-hmm. if you want a beer legacy, name your kid Jacob. Yep. Ham's Beer, 1865. That's St. Paul, Minnesota. Theodore Ham. So, that's probably not him. Shells, 1860. New Elm, Minnesota. Jacob Bernhardt. Like, I'm telling you, it's fucking crazy that's how weird. many Jacob started beers. That's weird. Point Special Lager was Stevens Point, Wisconsin, so we're getting closer. Schlitz was 1849, and Old Milwaukee was right after that. So that Schlitz got renamed Old Milwaukee, or it spun off of Old yeah. Milwaukee or something like that. Yeah. The one I think it is is the fourth oldest in the U.S. It's called Blatt's Beer, okay. and that was Wisconsin. John Braun, who opened City Brewery in, in Wisconsin, doesn't say what city in Wisconsin, only lived a year. Or, so he opens his city brewery. This dude, Valentine Blatz, opens a brewery right next door. <laughs> John Braun only lives a year and dies. Then Blatz sweeps in and marries his widow and wow. combines the two <laughs> breweries. And they that's be, that became Blatz Beer. So that's probably it because it sounds like it. It's okay. from Wisconsin. Then So that was the fourth oldest beer in the U.S. Paps Blue Ribbon is the third. Schaefer's from New York is uh, number two. Do you know what number one is? You got to know. Budweiser. I already said fucking Budweiser. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> did uh, I? Wait, I did say Budweiser. Yeah. Uh, what's the oldest beer in the U.S.? The oldest brewery in the U.S. I don't fucking know. It's Yingling. Really? In Pennsylvania, yeah. Hmm. We don't like we we don't or, drink their beer because they're anti-union. Well, but a, but Yingling and PA opened in 1829, so it's like almost 20, like 15 years older than Schaefer in New York. Wow, so it's like quite old. Yeah, I can't believe you didn't know Yingling was the. That's like their whole thing. They're the oldest brewery in the country. Um, Yingling just made a Hershey's beer. Ew, Hershey's. Well, porter. is it like a chocolate style? Okay, like a porter. It's a porter. Okay, um, right. <laughs> that's probably good actually. Timmy bought some against his no, it's better like judgment. Chocolate porter is usually good if it's done right. Yeah, but we try not to support them. Because they're not union? They're like union busting. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's so, not cool. it, I don't know. There might be an update. I could be spreading fake news. <laughs> Great. Maybe he's taking down a brand. <laughs> it's exhausting taking a stance against everything. <laughs> <laughs> really? I wouldn't know. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay. So where are we since we got derailed? Okay. We didn't get derailed. I gave you in-depth information mm-hmm. about Platt's beer. Mm-hmm. Amy Phillip approaches them and I wrote, oh, thank God she's not fat. <laughs> she's fancy. She's quite, she, she's quite she's, touching. She's very pretty. So she takes them around. She's introducing them to everyone. Then Dylan Hyde oh. comes in and he's, okay, <laughs> the actor is 57 years old. Yeah, and he's supposed to be, these people should be like 43. So he would have been 32 when he graduated high school. (laughs) So Harry's age. Which, as we've seen, he could have been a classmate of Bart's. That's true. He could have been 37 when he started his senior year. (laughs) So Dylan introduces Carolyn to his wife, and the wife is like drunk and unhinged. Something's happening. I kind of like the wife. She looks fun. I wrote, the wife is half in the bag and going on and on about how she doesn't understand algebra. And I'm like, hmm, this is me at a party. I was going to do an index card on algebra, and I figured you would lose your shit. Yeah. I'm not into it, man. So Dylan invites Carolyn to go up to the terrace. And I just have a real visceral reaction to invitations to the terrace because we know what that means on the I know why boat. you do. No, I know. But I know also why you do. Why? Because I feel like in soap operas, people would get pushed off of terraces all the time. Oh, yeah. Don't get me started on soap <laughs> opera death. But I feel like, okay, so we know this set is reused from Chicago. So we know that John Jr. broke up with Mary on the terrace. <laughs> That's right. And also, people go out to the terrace all the time to make out on the love boat. So I was like, he's clearly taking her on to the terrace to seduce her. (laughs) Of course he is. Mm -hmm. So inside, Arnie's bragging that he has 15,000 acres. And they ask Charles what he has. And Charles is like, oh, just 60. 
on the terrace, Dylan Hyde is telling Carolyn his farm is 2,000 acres and it's called the Willows. And you could grow rocks in the soil. It's It's so fertile. I thought Charles had 168 acres. Charles has 60. Okay. I had closed captioning on that's what it said. No, I didn't. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Arnie interrupts this chat and tells Dylan some asshole stole the Some wallet. slicker. Some slicker. Yeah. Like, I feel like a, a noob, basically, is what he <laughs> said. He's like, some slicker. <laughs> he's like, can I get 100 bucks off you until the bank opens? 100 bucks at that time is a lot of money. Well, a dollar equals $25. <laughs> there you go. So Dylan just whips out 100 bucks and gives it to him. Meanwhile, so how much is that, aim if a dollar equals $2,500? $2,500. Is that correct? 25 times 100 is 2500 Yep, correct. Okay. I was thinking it was 125 for a dollar. It's 25 <laughs> No. All right. So Charles, meanwhile, finds Carolyn on the terrace, and he's like, I just want to get the fuck out of here. We see the governor and the senator arrive, and before the Ingalls can make their exit... Dylan Hyde invites them to his place tomorrow for dinner or for lunch. And he's like not letting them out of it. Like it's happening. Okay. So back in their room. Well, and he's like, bring your riding clothes. You know the problem I have with this. What? With this no, like if you are entertaining people, if you are a host, know your guests and make sure they're comfortable with what's going on. Like he knows they don't have this kind of money. He knows they don't have riding clothes. He's a douchebag. Like, it's just purposefully to make them feel bad. Now we have what I'm calling the worst directed scene in the entire episode, perhaps the whole season. Well, Michael Landon directed (laughs) himself. I know. We need to talk about this Michael Landon ghost because it's bad. (laughs) So back in the room, Carolyn is hanging the do not disturb sign on the door. And Timmy happened to be watching this with me. He's like, oh, boy. Timmy happened to be watching. (laughs) Okay. Mm-hmm. And I just wrote, they're going to bang, but she's wasting valuable bang time talking about Clementina, who is Dylan's wife. Now, they're having this conversation. Michael Landon, as the director, chooses to be wide angle, way away from them, and shooting through some kind of doorway. Yeah, it's, it's stupid. so dumb. They're They're having, like, an intimate conversation. You cannot... See them, hear them, because you're far away from them. I don't even I don't even think I knew this happened. It's really weird. So Carolyn is like, I don't understand Dylan Hyde's wife. Like she was very she was never very smart, but she was beautiful and graceful. And now she's just like fat and ugly. Okay, (laughs) she didn't say that. She did. She said something about her weight. She said she used to be so slim. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yes. So even though, um, oh, wait, wait, wait. So Charles is, like, upset. And she's like, what's going on? And he's like. He's cranky. Let's get this straight. He's cranky. Being married to me is never easy. Uh, and if no you were shit, married, Charles. If you were married to Dylan or Arnie, you would have everything. And Carolyn tells Charles she already does have everything. Him, the children. Then they laugh and they make out a little bit. She's just like, Charles, I don't need the money. I just need you to stop acting like a fucking adult baby all the time. <laughs> I need to stop reassuring you constantly that you're the hottest man in the room. <sighs> so the next morning, they're coming back from breakfast. Charles has a letter waiting from him for him. He has a Grange meeting, Jen. Well, he has a letter and he has a little bit of a breakdown because he's like, this better not be another invite. <laughs> <laughs> he hates this This shit. is This is vacationing with Timmy. 
Like, he just, when I was, when we were in Cape Cod and I was dragging him all over to the Kennedy stuff, he was not happy. (laughs) Not happy. So Carolyn's going sightseeing with Hattie, Arnie's wife, and Charles is going to go to the Grange meeting. All right. So now we're at the Grange meeting. (laughs) I'll admit I zoned out for half of this. There's just some thug-looking dude with, like, one eye Mm -hmm. poked out Mm -hmm. that I'm like, But he he was like a kingpin. He was like a kingpin. So there's like a Bond villain, guys. It's like the kingpin here. <laughs> and, He's totally a Bond villain. And the, the little guy under him, his direct report, is the head of the Retailers Association. But we don't know that yet. So he's up at the podium and he's like, guys, guys, this co-op's never going to work. It's not a good idea. We shouldn't do this. And the crowd's like, really, really? Who? And Charles is like, who are you? Who are you exactly, dude? <laughs> and he's like, okay, okay, I'm from the Retailers Association. The crowd goes nuts. <laughs> and Arnie yells, we've been flimflammed. Did you catch this? Mm-mm. Okay, now, I have a little index card here of my own. What? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when I heard flimflammed, I was all excited because... If any of you raised children around the time that I did, which my kids were born in 2006, or maybe you had some grandchildren around this time, you'll remember the amazing remake of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, which was just amazing. I mean, that remake gave us bronies, which, Jenny, you know what a brony is. Yeah, I know what a brony is. (laughs) Okay. So they also gave us, we're flim, we're flam, the flim flam ponies. Okay, so flim and flam are two sales pony unicorn brothers who appear as antagonists and try to sell the super super speedy cider squeezy 6000 in My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. They're salesman ponies. They're twin sales pony unicorns. When you said sales point, I'm, like, I'm trying to think, like, are they, like, ships? Do they arrive on ships? You mean, like, salesmen? Yes. What the fuck? They're sales ponies, Jenny. What are you not understanding? Well, do you hear the words coming out of your mouth? <laughs> I do. Why am I supposed to understand what sales ponies are? Most oh. animals are not salespeople. <laughs> Let me tell you, I loved it so much. My friend, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic was, like, fantastic. I loved it. Is okay. it a show or a movie? It's a cartoon. It's a show. I heard this. they were doing movies, but I don't know. But anyway, Flim and Flam show up in town. They're twin sales ponies. <laughs> <laughs> they, of course uh, they are. They rip everyone off. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So back to the Flim Flamming in, Walnut- in, in Milwaukee. So they decide, Charles is like, let's hear this guy out. Like, we're here for this. So the guy says the retailers will undersell the Grange even if it's a loss. And he's like, can we discuss that you don't know what an index card is also? That was a post-it note. (laughs) Because you were just like, you didn't tell us the origin of Flip Flam or what it meant or like how it's been used and then used Little Pony as an example. You can't just say, oh, I heard that word in the show, and then that's it. Like, that's not an index card. We didn't learn anything. Although I did learn what a sales pony was, so maybe it was worth it. it okay, so instead of an index card, it was an aside. <laughs> it's an aside. <laughs> okay. 
So they hear this guy out, and the guy's like, we will bury you. <laughs> like, we have enough resources to just fucking keep going. It's the classic, like, capitalist then, then he's insanity. Like, and we all know you farmers are poor, so you'll eventually turn on each other. And Charles fights back, and I just wrote, this is getting really boring. Like, now we're arguing retail prices. <laughs> Again. <laughs> now we head out to the Willows, which is Hyde's farm. And Dylan immediately challenges Charles by calling him Charlie Boy. And Keeps bas- calling him that. Basically implying that he can't ride this horse. Okay. And can we discuss that Char- Carolyn is positively giddy? She has a whole new wardrobe that we don't know where it came she from. She has a headscarf. I know. That's like, like silk. Fancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Charles ends up going with Amy. While Dylan takes Carolyn around the property in the carriage. Charles and Amy are on anything but a calming ride because I don't like their is horses. he riding is he riding that fast on purpose? <laughs> their horses are going ninety miles an hour. It's insane. <laughs> it's completely insane. Uh they stop at a pond and Amy sits seductively at the edge of the water. Okay. And I just wrote, is Charles going to be seduced by yet another woman at the water's edge? Yes, he is. Yes, he yes, is. Yes, he is. Well, Amy, and as soon as she starts talking about her marriage problems, like, yep. red flag, yep. Charles. Amy tells Charles she's been thinking about him over the years, wondering what has happened to him. Charles is like, I love you, Amy. I love anyone with the name Amy. Oh, okay. wait. That was, that was, never mind. That was something else. He tells her he's happily married and has five children. And she revealed she has no children and not much of a marriage. And I wrote, is this some kind of weird arrangement where Amy and Dylan have teamed up to lure Charles and Carolyn out to the farm? (laughs) Maybe. Then she takes his hand and she's rubbing it against her face and telling him he has such nice hands. They're so strong. And he goes, that's from shoveling manure. I loved that. That was so funny. Then he pulls his hand away and he's like, okay, let's get the fuck out of here. Horses are done relaxing. Horses rested for 18 seconds. (laughs) Meanwhile, Dylan is macking on Carolyn in the carriage. He basically invites her to be his bang, his side bang. His side piece. Yep, totally. He's like, you come to Milwaukee. I'll put you up here. We can bang. Charles doesn't need to know anything about it. Yep. And she's like, um, Charles was right. You're a pain in the butt. He does That's not, like as angry as Carolyn gets. He doesn't know what to do. He just turns that carriage around. Yep. Heads home. Back in the room, Carolyn is clearly shook. Yes. And she starts sobbing and says she doesn't understand what happened to all of her friends. And she's worried that it can happen to them. And Carolyn says, yes, they're rich and successful, but they don't seem very happy with what they got. Charles tells her, this proves my theory that a body can be happier living. Why would he say a body? Why does he say someone? I don't know, him. He's your man. (laughs) A body can be happier living in one room with someone they love than in a place, oh, than in a palace with someone they don't. And he says, this is never going to happen to us because I love you. I really love you. And I'm nothing without you. Do you hear me? And I wrote, oh my God, this is so hot. (laughs) Oh my God. This was Jenny, so boring. When you saw this scene playing out, did you know how I would react? To it's just it? the whole thing. 
the whole show. So then he's like, I'm a farmer. I love it. I'm a father and I love it. And I'm married to Carolyn Quinner and I love her. Then he says, I love you, baby. And I have a question, Jane. Have we ever heard her call heard him call her baby? I feel like that's not a 1880s thing. I don't think yeah. it is. I, <laughs> I think, think he slipped up. That. Mm-hmm. And then he says, will you marry me? That was dumb. I don't know I'm what's sorry. going on here. That was stupid. <sighs> All right. So they shot the light. I'm presuming maybe. The next day, Charles runs into that retailer dude and tells him, co-op one, motherfucker. Yeah. So Union one. So this little retailer dude has to, like, report to the James Bond villain. And the Bond <laughs> villain gets in the elevator and menacingly rides up while staring at that. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, I feel like that kind of sums up the last ten minutes of this show. Yes. Because it takes a dark turn. Okay, we're, we're taking a turn. So now we're at the actual reunion, guys. And it's looking real grim. And Charles and Carolyn are dancing. <laughs> And several people are lusting after them and are pissed <laughs> well, off. Like, they're the only, like, everyone else is drunk and angry. <laughs> and they're just, like, the only happy people dancing. So Dylan goes up to them and asks to cut in. And Charles tells him to fuck off. Yep. This sends Dylan into a tailspin. <laughs> he runs over to his wife and shoves her down into a chair and tells her to zit there. And then he outs Arnie. Well, as because because being... Charles insults him. Yes, he flips he says, go, out. He says, "Go dance with your own wife" or something. And the wife starts laughing at him. Yes, and that's what sets him off. Yes, and he outs Arnie as being a poor farmer who only owns fifty acres. Yep. Then they get into a fight, and he calls Arnie nothing. He's like, "You're nothing," and he shoves him into a table. <laughs> So then he goes to kick Arnie while he's down, and Charles gets in between them. Now, this was hot. Charles jumps in between them. Dylan grabs Charles' bicep, and Charles goes, quote, Be careful what you grab a hold of there, Dylan. I've been working hard for 25 years. (laughs) Wow. And you could tell, like, Charles just wants to punch this dude in the face, but, like, there's not a good enough reason yet. Not yet. He's waiting, though. It it, it escalates from here, believe it or not. (laughs) Charles helps Arnie up, and then Dylan's wife gets up, and she starts ridiculing him for being scared of a poor, dirt farmer. What is with making fun of farmers? I don't know. I mean, they're all farmers. She says, you and me, we're nothing. Then Dylan hauls off and smacks her her right across the face. She falls... Charles jumps in, and instead of punching Dylan in the face, which I feel like would have made sense, he opts for a gut punch. I mean, that was a good punch, though. Mm Mm-hmm. So the next day, we see the coach coasting toward home. (laughs) After, like, everyone (laughs) fought and bloodied everyone up at the the reunion. Now, Jenny, I will tell you this. I had a little PTSD when we switched to horse ass cam oh i know right because the stagecoach accident yes yep so they get dropped off they're all smiles the kids run out to them and charles looks at carolyn says if this is not successful i don't know what is now see i have a problem with this sentence why wouldn't he say if this is not success okay i don't know what is because like he can't write or direct or ask (sighs) um and that's it end of episode can I just say, though, that stagecoach, like, when they're riding, could you imagine how, like, intense that ride is and all that way? I would be vomiting all over the place. 
Carolyn's sleeping. How? Yet they're jun- jumbling around. Oh, like, my God. It was crazy. Okay. So, Jenny, whose fault is this? Um, This is Carolyn's fault. No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. Mm-mm. Why? Because she got she dragged Charles to this fancy thing, and you know he hates this stuff. And, of course, it ended in a fucking fist fight. <laughs> like, of course it did. Okay, I have, this is Dylan Hyde's parents' fault, because clearly they never said no to this guy as a kid. Well, I didn't know we were doing origin <laughs> stories. I didn't know where we were going. I thought we were just talking about who's in the episode. This, we need the origin story of Dylan Hyde. What happened to him after this? Why did he Why did he graduate at 37? Right. <laughs> at the end of every episode, Jenny and I look back on a theme or a lesson. We talk about the way that it resonated with us or a lesson that we took from the episode or the rewatch. We call it our why. It's designed to finish the sentence, Gen X, this is why. Jenny, what is your why for this episode? This is why you thought if we thought if you got rich, you'd inevitably be miserable. But also we were told you should always strive to get rich. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Those two messages were always there. Like, make as much money as you can. Be rich. That's the capitalist way. That's what you should be doing. Like, make as much Mm -hmm. money as you can. And also you will be incredibly miserable when that happens. Yes. Yes. Like, well. I agree. What the fuck are you supposed to do? I have. This is why... Class reunions are overrated. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. First, I want to say this. First of all, the whole concept of a school class reunion has completely changed. Because of social media, there's no more wow factor. No, we don't need it. Right. Like, there's no, I just want to go to see who's miserable. You know who's miserable. It's all over social media now. You do. Yeah. No more everyone pretending to be something they're not because that's what's on Facebook now. And then I wrote, oh, my God. (laughs) Class reunions used to be a primitive version of Facebook. Yeah, pretty much. There you go. But have you ever gone to a school reunion? Um, I don't think so. No. I did. I mean, Not I've my high school. I out of town when they started, so. Not my high school, because we all know I hated everyone I went to high school with. Did I go But to I've my... gone to Timmy's. There was a five-year would have been. No, I lived away. I lived away for all of them. Hmm. And I wasn't going to come in and make a trip to go to them. Mm-mm. Like, maybe if I'd lived in town. I don't know. I doubt it, though. Okay. I just have no interest. Like, it's not like I think it's going to be one thing or another. Like, I just, I don't know. I just don't have an interest. It was fun, but, like, I wouldn't do it again. Okay. I don't know. All right, guys. So, Jenny, why don't you tell everyone what's coming up next? So, next is going to be... Uh, episode 16, season 6, Darkness is My Friend. Hello, darkness, my old friend. On a dark and stormy night, Laura and Mary are staying alone at the School for the Blind when they are taken hostage by a trio of escaped convicts. I remember that yes. episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Alright guys, so if you haven't already, checked out check out our Patreon feed. We have I don't know. We've got to have close to, what, 40 or 30 episodes on there already? We're doing Love Boat. We do a blockbuster every month. We did some after-school specials. There's a lot on there. So your donation uh, helps. Your subscription helps support the podcast, but it also gets you access to all that extra content if you'd like it. Um, Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share the show with friends. We really appreciate all of that. Alright guys, so thanks for listening and we'll see you soon.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.